Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Believe in UCLA podcast, the UCLA sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Sam Conn, and I am joined once again by my wonderful co-host, Travis Reed. Travis, how's it going, man? All right, Sam. How you doing? I'm doing all right myself. You know, uh, nice uh, Sunday afternoon, just hanging out. Got a pretty good weekend of college basketball so far on the, the UCLA side and otherwise. And uh, some, some other things. I mean, we had that whole uh, uh, Juwan Howard thing in Michigan. <laughs> uh, that whole Michigan-Wisconsin thing uh fighting in the handshake line that was a little wild but uh yeah it's it's been a, a fun weekend for college troops fans no no that was crazy i noticed joan howard kind of knows not to punch somebody because you get lighter lighter offense from the slap you know um sometimes i don't understand that sometimes when coaches are up like 15 16 20 points and call timeouts um I, you know maybe i mean if you if you're calling a timeout to get your the guys off the bench in okay, but if you just call a timeout, just to call a timeout, I don't understand that. Like, come I, on. I think it was because because Howard was having a full court press. Yeah. So yeah. Michigan was running a full court press, and and Wisconsin had all its bench guys in. His bench guys couldn't get the inbound. They just were so baffled by it with what fifty seconds left. So he's like, okay, I'll take a timeout and and show these guys how to break a press for a second and. Howard uh, did not take very kindly to that. He so. didn't take any kindly to that. I was like, I can understand where I can understand both sides. You know, I can understand why Howard was upset, and I also understand why the coach took the timeout. He just wants to, good habits, right? But ha- Howard is like, look, you just kicked our butt. You were up fifteen with fifty seconds. We're not gonna hit a five point shot or a ten point <laughs> shot. Just get this game over with, you know? Because when you get blown out, you just want the game to get over as quickly as possible. You yeah, know, just, I can understand why he'd want to get out of there. Yeah, so, uh, with, get out of with that out of the way, let's uh, just cover, you know, UCLA stuff. <laughs> been, been a pretty good weekend for UCLA, like I was saying. Uh, started things off Thursday night. They beat Washington State, and then they come back Saturday, and they beat Washington. So two big wins there uh, against teams that are you know, 500, a little over 500, pretty solid wins. Uh, I think quad two wins for both of those, and then they got Arizona State coming up on Monday to uh, – hopefully round out a three and a weekend, which, which would be pretty big. So we'll break down those two wins. Maybe take a, a quick look ahead at the Arizona state game for, for Monday. And then uh, we'll also talk a little, a little bit of football just because UCLA finally hired its next defensive coordinator. Uh, I got Bill McGovern coming in. He was a uh, working with the Chicago bears last year. He was with the giants for a while. He was with chip Kelly with the Philadelphia Eagles uh, before that. He was defensive coordinator at Boston college about a decade ago. So uh, we'll, we'll share some quick thoughts on that, where, where that leaves the program, but mostly another hoop show today with a few weeks to go until Selection Sunday, March Madness, all of that. So we will be covering all of that today. Just want to say before we get into that, Believe in UCLA is brought to you by Bet Online. So football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from the latest odds, totals, 
player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land. Bet online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. So head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code believe that's B L E A V to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet online is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, and right up to the Olympics, which are just getting wrapped up now. Uh, it's the best in the business. So from sports, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. So just want to thank Bet Online for sponsoring us today. And then let's get right back to UCLA hoops. So that Washington State game uh, on Thursday, that was a big win. Washington on Saturday. I'll, I'll leave it up to you, Travis. Just you can kind of be a free for all because these two games kind of went in similar directions, except, you know, the, the Washington game ended up being a lot more of a blowout. What are your general takeaways and just things that you want to hit on, things that really stood out to you from these two games? Well, I would say both games, uh, you know, well, Tiger – you know, played in the second game, but like the you know the point guard number zero, Jalen Clark <laughs> point point yeah. forward like small small ball five I, I, whatever yeah like is. whatever he <laughs> is he you know he that's the energy that's the spark plug they need right the first on what gets Washington let's go Washington State he had eighteen points and eleven rebounds you know and five assists and four steals set yes. career highs in four categories you know to me like. He's that spark plug that they need right now. They're a little banged up. You can, you can tell it. I mean, Jaime has been playing like 20, 18 minutes. I feel like he's on a time restraint. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mick after Saturday was saying he was playing on a when needed basis, just kind of. Yeah. When if you they notice, he, to, yeah, and, they, they start him and then like, you know, he sits and he sits for a long time and he started in the second half and he plays like, you know, a little bit just to kind of get a sweat. <laughs> yeah, it's just but, it's those ankles. And then Johnny Juzang also, he missed the the Saturday game against Washington. Yeah. Uh, Mick, Mick was saying that he actually fell off a, a scooter, an electric scooter, um, and hurt his hip. So he should be back Monday. We don't know for sure. Um, but yeah, just a season of freak injuries and accidents and nicks and bruises for this team. But like you're saying, Jalen Clark, one of those guys who absolutely stepped up this weekend. Yeah, he, like I said, he had two great games. I think he had 18 in the first one. I think he had 20 in the second, 20-something. 25, in the yeah. Yeah, like he was killing. Had a tip jam, you know, like like I said, he's he UCLA needs him, right? Because he he's kind of the gadget guy that does everything. You know, mm-hmm. I think he'll play big. It'll be big against Arizona State uh, Monday because he'll match their energy. Um, like I said, I, I think against Washington State, I always felt I felt like they would win. You know, like you know, it's just kind of how they are. Um, side note uh, about this weekend, uh, you know, I saw the bracketology people yep. uh, put out the first like br- brackets, and like I told you, UCLA was a four seed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I think honestly, if they went out, like I said, they can move up to a two. You know. Um, they it's, beat it's a their, chaotic season across the country for sure. You know, like I think what they can do two things if they went out, they can knock Arizona out of a one, and then they can become a strong two, right? Because if you beat Arizona twice, you beat uh, Villanova, you beat Marquette on the road, you beat SC twice, maybe you know, you revenge yeah. with Oregon. Uh, you didn't revenge pretty much all the losses you've had. Except yeah, for yeah ex- exactly. With, with Along with winning out comes a, a, a revenge win against Arizona State, which is somehow a quad two uh, loss. The, the one it should probably be quad three. Um, but like you said, you can you can wipe that out and just say, hey, it was a wash. Yeah, We won at home. We lost on the road. It is what it is. If they went out and they beat everybody who's beaten them, right? I mean, besides Gonzaga. But yeah. Uh, who's the the, number one overall seed. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. I think they can become a two, a two seed, strong two seed too. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like I said, I think if they beat Arizona twice, I think they knock Arizona out of the one. Right now, Arizona's the one because they've beaten everybody, uh, you know, on their schedule. I mean, they revenge UCLA, they beat everybody else. 
that's why I think like if as UCLA wins out, they'll be a strong too. But back to the game this weekend, I think like I said, the Washington State game was really good. Uh, you know, considering you know they were missing they were missing guys and guys were injured. Um, and then Saturday was just like a mash unit because you know Cody Riley didn't play, Johnny Juzang didn't play. He played Jaime on a kind of like a a time basis. Tiger gets hurt in the first ten seconds of the game. Yeah, is we we went out to contest a shot, a little shoulder stinger. It looked yeah, like that's yeah. what Nick was saying after the game. He ends up coming back, but again with Johnny falling off a scooter and, and <laughs> like, Jaime's ankles and the two torn ACLs in the preseason and a shoulder stinger in the first ten seconds. It's like, oh my gosh, what else can go wrong? Yeah, yeah. But I would tell you this, uh, Cody Riley, better watch out. He played this and it played good last night. He played I think it's, really good. I think it's too late. <laughs> like right? not, not too late because uh because Miles he got the start when Cody was was there on Thursday. So they were both playing and Miles got the start. I told and, you, I told you. And he Miles <laughs> looks really good in both of those games, especially the mm-hmm. second one. The second one yeah. where it, it was uh seven points, thirteen rebounds, a couple blocks in, in both games. And he was he had put back dunks. Uh he he was working well off inbounds under the hoop. Uh, he was running the floor, poking balls mm-hmm. out. Just great. But I will say, uh, we've, we've been hard on Cody Riley for, for a while now. Ever since he came back from, from his knee injury, from the COVID break, he has not been who he was last year. And I think he would say that, and, and Coach Cronin would say that. Uh, but Thursday, when he was coming off the bench against Washington State, he looked pretty good. Honestly, I, just eye test wise, I would probably say it's the best he's looked in like three weeks. <laughs> and, and and credit to him. I, I don't know if it was coming off the bench that gave him a little extra juice uh, that kind of just like give him a, a little fuel or something. But yeah, he, he was three for five from the field, three for three from the free throw line. So nine points, uh, three rebounds, still not great for your, for your big, but I mean, I'll, I'll take that. That's pretty good. He even dunked in the game. Exactly. Yeah. He, he poked out. So yeah, I think he got, he got fouled hard, hit both free throws, go down the other end, pokes out the pass around mid court, chases it down, runs it down, dunk and one and hits that free throw. Like that sequence there was awesome. I mean, that's not classic Cody Riley. (laughs) Even when he was playing at his best lot in March madness last year, that's not the kind of guy you expect to get. Right. But I'll take it. That was really good, and credit to him. If you have Miles playing the way he did on Saturday against Washington, plus Cody coming off the bench and doing what he did against Washington State, if you can get that on a night in, night out basis, your your post game is good. Like you, you are set there for sure. No, definitely. I think, I think uh, Miles Johnson brings a little bit. Obviously, he brings shot blocking to the equation that Cody Riley doesn't. Cody Riley does space the floor because he can shoot the jumper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from the like the top of the key or whatever. Uh, I think what Cody's missing is the rebounding, you know, like we just talked about. And Miles Johnson brings that. If you can combine them, let's just say one plays 18, one plays 17 or 20. If they can combine for, you know, let's just say a, in between 15 and eight, 15 to 20 points, and let's just say anywhere between eight to 15 rebounds between the two of them mm-hmm. uh, and like let's just say miles gets like three you know two three blocks i think that's what ucla needs you know um and it's like i said to me it's good you know it's good uh ucla like they've been forced to play other guys he Cronin can't just play his three guys 45 minutes every game he's, he's forced to play other guys and like that's what you said you need depth in the winning the tournament you can't win with just the four so you know, because like I would say Bernard Jules didn't really play so good. Uh, you know, he scored a little bit here and there, but he didn't really play so good. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, he was three for 14 against Washington on Saturday. Yeah. yeah o- yeah. o for three from three, missed both free throws he took. So he's still not really himself, or mm-hmm. at least not his early season self. So that's concerning. But you're talking about the minutes, and, and we talked the past two, three weeks really uh, mm-hmm. about – the, the rotations and playing guys too much guys who may have been injured guys who like ha- haven't been playing great and everything. Well, I mean, Jalen Clark played 34 minutes on, on Thursday against Washington state. And then he played 31 uh, on Saturday against Washington. David Singleton plays 31 against Washington. Other than that, no one else is breaking 30 minutes, so, which is good. And like yeah, I said, if, if you had you tigers out in, in that 
first game and Johnny's out in the second and you're still not playing guys a ton of minutes in, in a stretch where you're playing three games in five days. That's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You need you need that break because like it's about to get real in a minute. It's about, you know, it's about to be March and it's about to be, you know, Vegas time and then wherever they're going. And so you need like uh, people like, you know, you need the other people off the bench to step up. You need your singleton because singleton looked like Reggie Miller out there on Saturday. <laughs> oh, you know? yeah. He had about Four five, minutes. six. Yeah, just, you know, you need that. You need that energy and you need those extra bodies to throw at people. Just in case Bernard isn't like you went three for 14, they still end up winning by 20. You, you know, like, and you need those other kind of guys to kind of really balance out your team to where, like, you're not just dependent on these four guys. So, it's good. I think, I think you know, coach is learning himself. Kind of, you know, maybe I should trust my bench a little bit more than I was doing. Yeah. And when you go back to the very beginning of the season, you have what a lot of people were calling maybe the best wing trio in the country in, in Jules, Johnny, and Jaime. And Jules has gotten ice cold and Jaime's been banged up. So that's not really where they are right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Tiger missed that game Thursday hasn't been offensively what he was earlier in the year. Cody, he got hurt. He's been in and out of the lineup. He was load management on Saturday. So that's your whole starting five from the beginning of the year that on Saturday was basically giving you nothing. And then what happened Saturday? Oh, Jalen Clark gets 25 and David Singleton gets 22. Yeah, no one else got more than seven. But when you can get two guys who are, I don't know, like your sixth man and your like eighth man, to step up and lead your offense like that, that's great. But I, I just want to say, while we're talking about Clark and we're talking about uh, Miles Johnson, uh, those two, obviously, I mean, they combined for, let's see, on Saturday alone, 18 rebounds and uh, 32 points. So, so really good. The defense those two guys bring to the table is just great. The, mm-hmm. There was a lot of the two of them playing together on Thursday and Saturday. And that really worked wonders for this UCLA defense. Jalen Clark said it, said it after the game on Saturday uh, that he feels like he's more comfortable on defense when Miles is out there because Miles gives better weak side help than, I mean, he didn't say than Cody, but he says it's it's nice playing with Miles because that's what he can do for for him when he's matching up with guys up top. And mm-hmm. he, he, can, he says it's easier to switch with Miles. So was it not to knock Cody, but saying how this Jalen Clark, Miles Johnson defensive duo works great. So you have on, on Thursday, Washington State shot 28.3% from the field. And then Washington on Saturday shot 34.6 and probably it was around 30 going into the last minute or two when they scored <laughs> in garbage time. So like, yeah, those two need to be playing together <laughs> okay, can you play them together for 40 minutes? I know we're talking about it. <laughs> not playing guys too much, but yeah, your defense is elite, like top 10 in the country elite when those two guys are on the court at the same time. And then you get Jaime back to himself. Uh, you get Jules, even though he's stepped off offensively, he's still a good de- defender. You just, you can throw out a really good defensive lineup really by adding any three guys to the Miles Johnson, Jalen Clark duo. No, I think what is the most important thing in basketball as far as defense, you know, a scheme, right? Point of attack and, and, and by the rim, right? So teams who have great point guard defense, let's just say, for example, NBA, Chris uh, Phoenix. Chris Paul is a great defender on the, at the point of attack, at the point guard spot. And then – uh, the center, uh, like his name, DeAndre Aiden. DeAndre Aiden is a great help rebounder. You know, what I'm saying clog the lane kind of center. You need those kind of things to be, uh, you know, like to be successful. You know, perfect example, uh, Drew Holiday from Milwaukee, great at the point of attack. Giannis is great at the rim. You know, so you need those kind of things, and that's what uh, that's what they bring for UCLA. I definitely feel like Johnson is a good shot blocker. Um, he protects the basket. He, he tries. He posts hard. He has a little bit of spring in his step uh, that Cody doesn't necessarily have. I think, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, Miles Johnson, I think that he's exactly what they need, which is a inside presence 
that the guards can gamble a little bit more. You can reach maybe or go for steals because, you know, if they go for a steal, someone's going to the basket, Miles is there to block the shot. You know, that happened last night a couple of times in Washington. They went, they went first, they gambled a couple of times, and he was there just to help block, you know? Yeah, I, I think actually my my favorite play Saturday, because, I mean, we're talking about the two of them, and, and they definitely were, were the key on defense. Peyton Watson only played 13 minutes. Uh, he was over three from the field, didn't really do much. But we talked before about how much of a freak athlete he is and how good he is at, at getting up and, and making defensive plays. There was that play where Washington ah, tried to yeah, alley-oop yeah, yeah, and yeah. because Miles had come towards the, the shooter uh, around the elbow instead uh-huh. of throwing up a floater like Miles thought it ends up being a lob to a guy coming down the baseline. Well, Miles is out of position. Peyton Watson comes out of the corner, chases down the guy going for the alley-oop and blocks it from behind on alley-oop. That was just insane. So, I mean, it, it's no it's no coincidence that those three are probably your best athletes mm-hmm. on the team when it comes to mm-hmm. length and, and, and vertical leap and everything combined, just pure athletes between Clark, uh, Miles Johnson, and Peyton Watson. And... and yeah, those three are really, really good athletes and really, really good defenders. So, I mean, you're talking about Mick Cronin's scheme on defense is really important, but it seems like his scheme works better when he has freak athletes out there, which, no, I mean, no, I feel does. like most defenses do. <laughs> no, no, definitely you're 100% right, Sam. I think, um, yeah, I remember that block. And he's done that a couple of times. You know, he's done yeah. that a couple of times this year. It's not like he's done that just once. You know, he, he did something like that against Arizona. He did, you know, like a couple times, you know. Um, if we can get uh, Watson, like, really going on offense, he would play so much more. It's just that he struggles yeah. so mightily on the offensive end that he has to sum him out a lot. Um, but if he can, if he if he played offense uh, just a tick slower uh, and kind of just took his time, because he's, like, really amped up from the defense, you could just tell. And he's, he comes out of offense, so he's like, uh, you know, you know, dribble, dribble behind the back, kind of making moves. He'll have a guy beat, and then he'll dribble right back into him, and have to shoot a jumper because like he's making too many moves. I think uh, if he can play, keep playing the defense he's playing, and um, better his offense, he could be such a big boost to the UCLA in the tournament. I promise you. I feel like that's when you have those kind of one or two games where Peyton Watson comes down, gets a key block, a key steal, key rebound, a big block, or comes down and gets eight points, 10 points that you wasn't expecting. Uh, for myself, when we played Michigan, when they had Tractor Trailer and Macy O'Bash and all these NBA guys, uh, I had like 11 points, four rebounds in the second round, and we ended up beating them to get to the Sweet 16 my freshman year. And I feel like you know, Watson can do the same thing, something like that, you know, not necessarily scoring 20, but let's just say he scores 13 points or something like 13 points, five rebounds, a couple blocks that can propel UCLA against a, uh, you know, a good school. Like let's just say USC. I'm not saying they play them in the tournament, but let's say a USC type. And then they propel them to the next round. Cause that's what you need. Everybody, everybody playing together. Yeah. And I think, uh, We'll, we'll touch on it a little bit later in terms of where they stand for bracketology and what they need to do in the Arizona State game. But I think this this weekend so far, the, the two Washington games has shown you that there there is still a high ceiling for this team. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. maybe they can reach that ceiling in different ways than they have before. Uh, and, and they showed you that they can beat mediocre teams by 25 points. And they showed you that they can beat a zone. They can beat it with Jalen Clark kind of finding soft spots in the middle or cutting on baseline, or they can be with David Singleton shooting threes with Jake Kyman shooting threes. And obviously Washington is not very good. I would say the, the first 10 minutes of that second half, Washington looked like the worst power five team I've ever seen. They were atrocious <laughs> uh, on both ends. They were just so bad. And eventually they ditched the, the zone just to get out of there, <laughs> but I don't know what it was, but Singleton Kyman playing against the zone Clark against the zone. It means if you run into a, a Syracuse or whoever do, who's a good zone team and your, your experience, you can win a game that way. You can win a game the same way you, you, you won against Arizona back in January. It's a dynamic team. Uh, and some, some days it's going to be Johnny and Jules going for 40 points combined. 
Other days going to be Jalen Clark and Singleton going for 40 with miles getting 15 rebounds. So mm-hmm. if you can win multiple ways, that's big for your team. And, and like I said, we'll touch on looking forward the, the road ahead in a little bit, but before we get to some, some football talk with defensive coordinator, and before we get to that, uh, just want to thank Nord VPN for sponsoring the show today. What's more important than peace of mind, nothing. And that's what Nord VPN is here for to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe that's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So thank you to NordVPN for being a sponsor of the show. Appreciate it. And with that out of the way, let's talk a little UCLA football Defensive coordinator hire comes around. It's been about a month since Jerry Azanero said he was resigning, <laughs> uh, which it felt like that was a much anticipated move for Azanero resigning. And this was definitely a much anticipated move for who was going to be his replacement. And mm-hmm. it's Bill McGovern, who's Bill McGovern, I guess. It's, <laughs> he is. He, he is who he is. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of ways to look at it. Um, and probably the most eye-catching one is he's pretty much Jerry as an arrow 2.0. He's an East coast, like a Northeast guy. And that's not an insult not from the Northeast. I get it. But when you're coming to California and you're recruiting LA guys and SoCal guys, maybe you want someone with connections. Well, does he have connections here? Has he ever coached here? No, uh, he's, he's never really coached west of the Mississippi. He had one year as an assistant at uh, Nebraska two years ago, but that's really it. So, I mean, he, he started at UMass and at Holy Cross and all those schools where, where he met Jerry as an arrow and they ended up together on the same staff under Chip Kelly in Philly. Uh, he, he's the 60, 61 year old, bigger white dude. He's pretty much Jerry as an arrow. If Jerry as an arrow shaved the beard, <laughs> I, I will say as an arrow was a defensive coordinator at Duke uh, in the mid aughts. Uh, and those defenses were awful. McGovern was defensive coordinator for Boston college. I think Oh nine through 2012, the first two years, the defenses were really good. Third year, mediocre fourth year, not good at all. That's better than as an arrow. So I'll give him that. Uh, his, his success, his track record, there's a little bit of a higher ceiling than there, than there was for as an arrow. When he was at Boston college, he helped recruit and develop uh, Mark Herzlick, who was an all American. He was ACC defensive player of the year and Luke Keekley, same thing, ACC defensive player of the year, uh, all American first round pick went to the Carolina Panthers. It was probably, one of the best inside linebackers in the NFL for the past 10 years before he retired. So Mm -hmm. McGovern is a, is a linebacker specialist. That's good. I mean, UCLA has gotten mixed production out of a pretty deep linebacking core the past few years. So maybe he can take that to the next level. Maybe he'll be a a good recruiting tool for getting guys who want to go to the NFL. Um, But overall scheme wise, recruiting wise, it's a, a big meh from me. I don't know, Travis, if you, if you looked into McGovern at all, or just any general impressions on, on what you know about him or anything from a couple of days after the hire. Well, like I think Chip Kelly got him and this is the truth because he has NFL experience, right? That's why a lot of guys, a lot of these coaches, either they go with their personal like friends who's kind of followed them everywhere or people who has NFL experience. So he can say like, look, I've coached, I've coached, you know, NFL, you know, like Cox. I can't think of his first name from Philly. You know, I've coached yeah, Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox. I've coached, you know, a uh, guy from Chicago, um, the main uh, guy. Ro- Roquan Smith, who is the Georgia linebacker for years yeah. ago. And, and he mm-hmm. had a career year this year. Um, I, yeah. Under I, I've McGovern, coached, so. Yeah. 
That's I not coached, nothing. Yeah, I coach Khalil Mack. So yeah. I know <laughs> Khalil Mack, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that's why Chip Kelly got him, because as a recruiting tool, to say, you go into a, a kid's house, a linebacker's house, and you can say, look, I he coached, my sister coached, coached Khalil Mack, and he coached Raycon Smith, two of the best linebackers in the NFL. Now, if you want to learn from a guy who taught them, come UCLA. Now, do I think that that would work? Maybe, you know, but like you said, it's a situation where a lot of coaches go get NFL guys just for the name, you know. Um, I think, you know, the defense that he runs in the NFL is going to be different than the Pac-12. Pac-12 is a spread out, except for maybe uh, Utah, who runs an old school offense. Everything, every other team is a spread out offense. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, UCLA, I mean, SC is going to be, I mean, including UCLA. Yeah, UCLA, so, USC, Oregon, for sure. Yeah, those, I mean, think about it, you know. Like I said, Arizona State, they're all spread kind of offenses. So hopefully he can learn, you know, that he can learn how to guard the spread kind of system because every team in the Pac-12 is that kind of offense. Washington State, you know, everybody. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, like you said, it's more like, well, it's better than what we had. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I think, you know, it, it, it's it's a question mark, right? It remains to be seen. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Impulse grade on my end is probably a C, just a flat <laughs> C. And like, I, it, it probably could be worse if, if not for the, well, let's see what he does. So yeah. we'll see what he does. Maybe he can improve that C to something else. Um, <laughs> but I mean, honestly, just looking at his resume and his experience and where he is in his career, I would have loved to see Bill McGovern come in and replace Don Pelham as the inside linebackers coach. That'd be a great hire. I mean, look at what you're paying him. Apparently, and the contract details weren't released by the school, but according to uh, Bruin Report Online from 24-7 Sports, uh, it was a two-year deal that's worth uh, $450,000 annually. Jerry Eisenhower was getting paid $700,000 annually. So it's almost like you're paying this guy like he is a position coach. And, and, and Pelham's contract is up at the end of the month. We haven't heard on if he's getting extended or anything, but he's sent out offers. It seems like he's on the recruiting trail. If not, maybe McGovern is a defensive coordinator and inside linebackers coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just seems so weird. I, I would have loved to see McGovern come in and be that experienced guy who's worked with Rokon Smith and Luke Keekley to be that inside linebackers coach who's familiar with Chip. I get it. I mean, like you said, it, it's not that unexpected for an NFL guy, an older NFL guy like Chip to bring in guys he's familiar with and guys with NFL ties. That's expected. I would have hoped that there was a better DC over McGovern um, because with McGovern as DC, I think they're just going to be running Brian Norwood's system still. And Brian Norwood was assistant head coach, defensive backs coach. They're just going to run his four, two, five again. And he didn't even bring in a decent, a defensive coordinator with experience in a four, two, five. It just feels like a completely lateral move because you're having the same questions you had last year with, Oh, okay. Well it's as in charge, but Norwood's formation system. So who's really in charge, who's really calling the shots and the plays and the substitutions. It, it seems like it's going to be the same thing this year with, okay, McGovern's DC, but Norwood's there and it's Norwood's formation, but now it's McGovern who's getting this, but McGovern's getting paid less than as, so are the responsibilities different? And it's just such a mess. And I would have liked to see McGovern come in in a smaller role and get a better DC. Maybe it was a financial thing. Maybe it was Chip wanting to get it over with and just finding a friend. I don't know, but it, yeah, yeah. Hard to feel great about. You yeah. can you can talk yourself into not feeling awful about it. I don't think anyone has come out of this past week, especially with Mitchell Agude saying he's transferring, that there's your number one pass rusher. Between Agude leaving and McGovern being DC, you can't really come out of this week saying you feel great, especially about the defense. Well, I, I feel like, you know, the defense lost the most, if you want to say, out of the yeah, two groups. I, th- I think eight of its top 12 guys. I mean, so like seven starters plus a third corner. So eight mm-hmm. starters, pretty much. So that's, you know, so they lost the most out of, you know, UCLA lost the most from the defense, more than the offense. Um, so it's going to be a situation where it's going to be interesting because I feel like 
You remember the first couple years of uh, Lonnie Kiffin at SC? Like, it was decent. And then the last couple of years, they were awful. So with S with UCLA getting like an older defensive coordinator, I would have wished they would have went a lot younger. Because right now, yeah. you know, you go younger with the coaching, you know. Like, I know they have the old regime, and I'm not knocking them. They can still coach. But maybe go younger, you know, and, should you know, try to get people who's a little bit more innovative. But, you know, we'll see. Like I said, it, they, they, you know, their schedule is interesting. Uh, so, you know, but that's a whole other tap, you know, topic for another day. But we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, like you said, like, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think with what went into this hire, we're talking about the NFL ties, the familiarity with Chip. Um, but I, I think you kind of knocked on it there a little bit where you're saying you wish they had gone with so a younger guy, more up and coming. I think, and I wanted that too. And now looking at it in hindsight, I feel like I was naive to think that he would ever make that hire because we've talked about before how when Chip signed that extension, it was pretty much the bare minimum that you could get as an extension, which means it's essentially a prove it deal. He has to win this year. He has to win next year or else he's done. Mm-hmm. And, and he could win the next two years and just call it quits on his own, retire, go to the NFL, whatever. But mm-hmm. he is still on the hot seat if they don't perform these next two years. So he can't, from his perspective, he doesn't want to have a, a project defensive coordinator who's kind of learning on the fly. He wants to come in with someone by his side who he knows can be respectable and at least knows the position. Um, Who knows? Maybe they would have done better with a young guy in 2022, but it seems like Chip's playing it safe, uh, playing it familiar, and it is what it is. (laughs) Well, you got to. I mean, to be honest, like we just talked about it. Like you said, he has a prove-it deal extension. I mean, three years is just one recruiting class, really, you know? With this yeah. year and in three years, it's just one recruiting class. And so I would say that that's why, like, these next two years, I guarantee you he's going to be just, like, transfer, transfer, transfer. You know, he's going to be in protocol a ton um, because he needs to win. He needs to win. Like you said, he needs to win this year. He has to win minimum eight games. He cannot go backwards and go five and eight, you know, or something like that. He cannot go backwards. That's why he probably was praying <laughs> that – uh, you know, DeJounte Thompson was coming back. Quarterback was coming back. So, because um, he, he knew that, look, I need some experience. I need somebody who knows how to win and who's been winning with me. So, um, he's probably like, yes, he can give me at least seven, eight wins on his own, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, as far as, like, you know, like defense. But, like, they need to win. He needs to win minimum eight games for these next couple of years for him yeah, to get it. To get a big extension, yeah, because because you look at the the quarterback position, especially you, he his options were either Dorian Thompson Robinson comes back or you get Dylan Gabriel coming from from Central Florida the transfer. Dorian comes back, so Gabriel leaves. He had one or the other, but the last thing he wanted to do was to come in with Ethan Garbers with one game under his belt. <laughs> Ethan Garbers, who Chip seems to like, but. That's not what he wants to do. He doesn't want to hand it off to Justin Martin as a true freshman. As good as he is coming out of Inglewood, he seems to, like he'll be great. But last time Trip started a true freshman QB, uh, it was 2018, and they went three and nine. So he <laughs> doesn't want to go through that again. But yeah, there's yeah, plenty yeah. of offseason ahead. We will uh, make sure to cover all of that. The guys leaving, going to the NFL draft, spring football coming up. And uh, honestly, just about a month, a little over a month. So we'll, we'll, be covering that as well. But before we wrap things up, let's head on back to the hardwood, talk a little more hoops. Arizona State game on Monday. They win that. It's a 3 0 weekend. Like you were saying, Travis, on Saturday morning, they were listed as the number 13, I want to say. Uh, no, the number 14 overall seed. Uh, so a four seed, the the second four seed. Their Auburn has lost. I think uh, Texas has lost. There, there have been, there, there's been some turnover in, in the rankings and the polls and everything uh, over, just over the past couple of days. And if UCLA can close out a perfect weekend, that sets them up for that, that run in the table like you're talking about. So outside of the, the rankings and the seeds themselves, 
what are you hoping to see out of this team, whether it's Monday against Arizona State or up in the, the road trip to the Oregons this coming weekend to maybe give you a little more faith that they can even it out and, and win out and do well in Vegas and in March? Well, excuse my French for Monday, but I'm expecting an ass whooping. You know, <laughs> I think they should blow Arizona out, run up the score, you know, just because of what happened the last time they played. You know, they were on TV. It was the ESPN game. You know, but, you know, I mean, they shouldn't have lost the game, you know. And so I expect the ass whooping on Monday. Now, these going up to Oregon is always tough, uh, always tough. Oregon has a beautiful gym, and now obviously they beat UCLA last time. So to me, that this should be this game Monday should be start of the revenge tour, right? Because they would beat Arizona State, whoop them, just to be like you shouldn't even been on the court with us the first time, <laughs> right? They beat Oregon, beat them good, beat Oregon State. You know, then you got that's a five game winning streak, just like and that. Yeah, yeah. Washington at the beginning of next week, that makeup game that's up there. So it's a long road trip, but there the the there's a lot of upside from it too. Like you said, I'm, I'm, beating like Oregon, said, sweeping Oregon State, sweeping Washington, and getting revenge against Oregon. So and, that, and if you Arizona do all three State, of those yeah. things, yeah, and then Arizona State, the, um, yeah, tomorrow when we're recording this, but just that next weekend road trip plus Monday these next eight days or whatever it is, it mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. is huge because like you said, they, they get revenge, they split, they sweep and they don't get swept. All of that can help you flip up, move, crawl up another couple spots. All of a sudden you go from being a, a middle four to being a, a high three and then you beat USC and then you have a good showing in Vegas and then you're looking pretty good. I, I think I want them more than anything, just to get healthy. <laughs> because mm-hmm. because we we've seen Jalen Clark has has had a really high ceiling these past few games. David Singleton's had his moments. Miles is just hitting his stride. Uh, I want Tiger to stop getting beat up with <laughs> shoulder stuff and and whatever whatever else it is. I want Jaime's ankles to heal up. I want Johnny's hip to to feel all right. And then when you got all that those guys going and Cody coming back from that load management on Saturday if you have all those guys who are, who are playing right and playing together, I, I honestly, I mean, Arizona could still beat you, but other than that, no one else in the Pac-12 should. I agree with you hundred percent. I think um, for UCLA, like I told you, it's all in front of them. It's all in front of them. You know, like they can, they can change their fate and either way, as long as they get in, they're in, but like they can increase their chances. If you want to say, uh, from a four to a, a definitely a three. Uh, but like I said, they, if they went out, they can probably be a strong two. They can be, move up to a top seven, top six. If they yeah, say they went out. That's definitely possible. Yeah, definitely. Top, let's say they're number six in the country. Because right now they're the second four seed, right? 14. So they win. They beat Oregon. They beat, you know, Oregon State. I think they move up to probably twelve. Right. So they're a three seed, the last three seed. You know, you you beat SC, you move up even more. You, you know, you show like you said, show good in Vegas. You get to the championship game, and let's just say you lose, but it's a super close game with Arizona. You know, you lose by like two or three. I think they still could possibly be a two or a high three, you know, or a low end two or high three, like a top 10, a top eight uh kind of team because they the strong conference, non-conference they've had, you know. They beat Villanova. They beat Marquette, you know. They beat Arizona. So, and they said, let's say they beat ARC and they beat Oregon. So, their non-conference, you know, is, is like really good for them. And, hell, now it's starting to look good as the Long Beach State wins. <laughs> They're in first go. place. They're in first place. So, you know, cross, like, cross your fingers and hope, hope they get in. You beat a tournament team. And, and another that's, tournament that's, team. That's uh, double dipping for you, Travis. Yeah, so I'm saying that'd be two teams, right? <laughs> so I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, you said I can finish strong. Like you said, the main thing is get healthy. The main thing is get healthy. And then once you get in the tournament, you know, two, three, or four, it's just, you know, just, you know, luck of the draw. It's all about matchups. It's all about matchups for UCLA. I think they match up well with everybody in the country besides Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they don't match up with Gonzaga really well. 
you know, yeah. or, or, or maybe Duke. But other than that, I think they match up with everybody else in the country. Yeah, I think getting even to the three line is really all you need because at this point, one is out of the question. Yeah. And if you're not going to be a one, well, what do you want? Well, you want to avoid a one as long as possible. If you're a three versus two or two versus three, you're meeting the sweet 16 either way. Yep. And really the only difference is, I know you're playing a 14 versus a 15 and the mm-hmm. second round, a seven versus six mm-hmm. doesn't really make too much of a difference. So just get off the four line. So you don't have to worry about playing a Gonzaga early and, and then you're in the clear. But I just want to say, I think they're maybe what, like number 10 in the Ken Palm or something. And that number 13 in the net. So they're, they're looking good. But I will say sometimes uh, emotion and and recency bias, bias can kind of sway people past the overall resume, at least when it comes to the, the selection committee. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they got two, two wins this weekend. They could get a, a third against Arizona State. And if they win out, that's four, five, six, seven, seven in a row to end the regular season. And then you win in the quarterfinals and the semifinals. That's nine in a row just to get, if you win out from here to the Pac-12 finals, that's nine wins in a row. So even if you lose that last game to Arizona or whoever it ends up being in that on the other side, or if you win, if you went out the 10 wins in a row to end the year, even if you have the ninth best resume, they could mm-hmm. put you in as the sixth overall seat. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it, it happened in Mick Cronin's first year, two years ago. When, if you look at the resume, they probably weren't good enough to be a tournament team, but they won eight in a row and nine out of 11, whatever it was to end the year. So no matter what happened in the Pac-12 tournament, they were getting in because everyone was on board. That could happen again this year. Obviously, the stakes are different because it's going to be the difference between a two seed and a four seed or somewhere in between, maybe falling to a five or whatever it ends up being instead of falling out entirely like they were on the verge of the past two years but there's still that high ceiling because you still have that long one runway and you can mm-hmm. sway people that way. It's entirely possible. No, like, like we keep saying, like it's all in front of them. Like I said, they, if let's just say they went out, I think they could be a two, maybe even like the fifth, the first two. Right? Yeah. If you, cause that would put them at 20 that wait a second. What's, what's the record right now? They got 19 wins. So they'd be 29 and five. Yeah, with a and, with a conference, a major conference championship, and I and beating Villanova, and beating Arizona, and beating Marquette, and beating you know like a lot of tournament teams, you know, and so I think that twenty nine to five is like really could be a first place, because let's just say the top four, the Kentucky, Duke, Gonzaga, uh, I don't know who the and Arizona say they start kind of losing a little bit, you know. You never know. You might can sneak in as like that fourth one, but you know, we'll see. Like I said, it's we know, let's just take it one game at a time. Start on Monday, whoop they butt on Monday. <laughs> and then, you know, we'll go from there. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I just laid out the roadmap to a 10 game winning streak to end the year. I'm not picking that to happen. I'm just saying <laughs> for all of the, the Debbie Downers from last week, myself included, <laughs> kind of feeling like the sky is falling after that USC loss. There's mm-hmm. still plenty of green grass ahead. I feel like that's a mixed metaphor, but whatever. You get what I'm saying. Th- mm-hmm. There's still a high ceiling on this team and on this season. So yes, yes. we'll just have to, to wait and see how far that ceiling takes them and if they're able to reach that ceiling moving forward. No, definitely. I think they have the opportunity. I think it's actually kind of good that, you know, because every team goes through a little bit of low during the regular season. It's a long season. So, you know, they lost a couple games. Okay. So what? You know, pick yourself up. Start this. Start a winning streak again. Like you was up to six before you went to Arizona. Start that winning streak over again. Because the tournament, the tournament committee looks at like your last 10 games, obviously. And if they go eight, nine and one, 10 and 0, they're going to get the higher seed over a team that went six and four, seven and three. So, you know, it's up to them. Yeah, it definitely matters. So uh, thank you so much for listening. That's pretty much all we got today on, uh, on this week's episode of believe in UCLA brought uh, presented by bet online. So again, thank you for listening. If you made it all the way through to, to the end of the episode, you're 
clearly enjoying it or torturing yourself. I don't really care either one. You made it this far. <laughs> share it, like it, subscribe on everything. Uh, make sure you let people know uh, if they're interested in UCLA or college basketball, college football, we're here to talk it. So appreciate you. Travis, uh, thanks again for being my co-host today. Where can people find you and your work online? You're welcome, Sam, and it's much appreciated. I enjoy this show. Been enjoying it since day one. Um, pretty much you can find me at, at Travis W. Reed on Instagram, S-R-E-E-D, Travis W. Reed, and Travis W. Reed on Facebook. I post all my social content on those two sites. You can also check me on this uh, network, Athlete and Athlete's Journey. And so if you just type in my name, you'll see that too, where I interview other former athletes about their journeys. Um, you know, good show as well. Also, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Also, like, uh, check, check me out. I'm about to uh, start posting my shows on YouTube as well. Good stuff, good stuff. And you can find me on Twitter, at Sam Conan. Or you can go over to uh, allbruins.com, which is the Sports Illustrated site for UCLA, which I'm the publisher and managing editor of. We've got all UCLA basketball, football, gymnastics, baseball, softball, whatever. You can check it out there at that site and follow us on Twitter at SI underscore allbruins or follow on Facebook at SI.allbruins. So thank you so much for listening again, and we will see you next week. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.